Hello, everybody, and welcome to <laughs> Unbothered by Ty Rivera. Uh, as always, we come to you from high atop Ty Rivera Studios, a.k.a. Casa de Bijou. Our guest today is the one and only Mr. Eric Abenante. Uh, hello, I'm impressed you actually nailed the name. That's, <laughs> that's a rarity. I made sure that I was, I was going to get it. Well, I you didn't ask me before, so I was actually like, I was expecting like the usual fuck-ups with my name, and I was like, oh, I was impressed. Yeah, I almost went to went for uh, Eric Schmabonante. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah v- what Victor calls me, yeah. Yeah, but I, 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 I always get junior. I always get fuck ups with my name at every open mic. It's like it's a, it's almost like I almost kind of enjoy it. Cause it's like gives me something off the top to just bullshit on, like, you know, just rip the host for fucking up my name. You know? Yeah, that one. I, I asked you what it was when uh, we were at because we just for anybody that's listening. I met Eric at the garage open mic. That's mm. where we actually met. Um, it's a great open mic that's run by Victor Martinez Jr. Mm-hmm. And I like to call that open mic truth serum. <laughs> <laughs> Something about it, it just makes you say more than you wanted to say. Oh, my God. Yeah, it it is one of the most open mics. I, I've heard some shit from people who always go to like a 10 and they go to a 12 there. It's unbelievable. Yeah, you hear stories of molestation, you hear stories of incest. I mean, like I've heard everything you can imagine at that open mic and I really like it, but it's uh I feel like you've if you're not really serious about comedy, you're not going to like that open mic. Yeah, well, it's it's really hardcore. Everyone's smoking and drinking and and honestly, people don't give a fuck. They'll have a smoke circle in the back. And if you're not going to pull the attention, sometimes they won't even pay attention to you. And so it's like it's a hardcore mic, but I, I love it. I think it's I, I just think it's the grungy raw attitude is like just what we, it's so opposite of everything I've ever been to. Yeah, there's hot dogs being made. <laughs> we call them cancer dogs because they're never properly cooked. They're always cooked in like some hobo wood that we find <laughs> on the side yeah there was particle board one of the last times we were there it was particle board and it always they- smells like <laughs> urine and stuff like that and it's and one time jesus era who always like jesus is like our magic guy he always turns his money into beer so he's it's a miracle worker <laughs> our jesus and he 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 usually takes up the cooking and always fucks it up and one time he like spilled the the gas like really bad. Yeah, no, I remember that. And uh, the burrito lady thought that somebody had put gas on one of the joints, <laughs> and she was like, "Oh my god, they put gas on the joint!" And I was like, "No, they didn't. Stop <laughs> saying that. Nobody put gas on a joint. Nobody would want to do that." <laughs> Yo, this weed is gas. It's fire. <laughs> no, no, that yeah, doesn't work. She was swearing that everybody that we had put gas on one of the joints, and it was just like that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, my girlfriend who's here, Kay. Bernadette. It what happened right before she went on. She was so pissed. She was like, looked like she was gonna pass out. Like she had just been at Bill Cosby's house or something. Like she was so like dizzy up there. And it's like I, I was sitting. I was sitting because like I'm always supportive. And I'm just sitting there thinking, man, I want to chill in the back right now. <laughs> this is intense. Kayla had one of the best moments at uh, at the garage open mic. These cops were slowly rolling by. And uh, <laughs> as they do, yeah, they're slowly rolling by 
And uh, as they drive by, and you were on stage, Kayla was on stage, and so, so when Kayla sees them, she just starts going, Black Lives Matter! Black <laughs> Lives Matter! And I just saw one of the cops roll his eyes like, we don't want to deal with this right now. We're not going to break up a Black Lives Matter rally and bring on that kind of heat. So. Yeah, it's it's one of those things the cops just look at and they're like, yeah, we don't want to deal with all this shit. Like, how many people do we have to arrest here? Yeah, and nobody. Like, you know, I mean, like, we're we're such a group of, like, the, nobody's going to do anything. Like, yeah. you know, it's like, there's not going to be a fight. And I think they could tell that by looking at the the crowd is just like this yeah, and <laughs> harmless crowd of <laughs> except for Brandon Bricks who looks like Rodney King you know? oh yeah well Brandon Brandon could definitely get shot if he wanted yeah. to every time the cops drove by we always hide Brandon like and Frank in the garage and just like just stay in there buddy we don't want you to go down poor Brandon it's yeah. true though he does have that look like <laughs> he's got a neck tattoo for God's sake he's the size of Shaq you know yeah and uh is not allowed in yogurt land <laughs> yeah you ever get in reef yeah. yeah, he's not allowed in Yogurt Land. Kenny Lyon, who goes there all the time, is not allowed in the subway on Gower. Yeah, and uh, Kenny Lyon, speaking of Kenny Lyon, when, when we're talking this mic is a truth serum, Kenny Lyon, who always talks about molestation, I've heard of shit I have never heard him say at this mic. He went, like, I thought Kenny was always being truthful. At Garage Mike, he was truthful, and I was like, holy shit. Yeah, no, Kenny, yeah, I I thought that, like, two weeks ago when I was there, and I was watching Kenny during his set, yeah. and I was just like, he's really going for it tonight. Yeah. And then in my head, you know, because uh, I'm close with Kenny, so in my head I was just like, thinking punchline Kenny punchline <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind what what kind of truth you tell just find a punchline somewhere he found one though yeah he's a great explorer you know he's always looking you know and it, I, I love that because he's got he's got so much to to look through I couldn't even imagine having that much you know gold to sift through you know it's just it's just, it's just uh and, and you know he has a lot of pain to to filter out through searching for that gold it's like he's got a lot he, I really respect him. He's one of my, and he's one of the nicest guys too. He always like anytime you hang out with Kenny Line, he's always very welcoming. Yeah, well, he'll give you anything. Like you know, he'll give you the shirt off his back. He really is that kind of person. And it, it's, uh, I think sometimes people get a little confused because he gets angry and then they think like you know he's this uh, menacing type person. And it's just <laughs> like that's just Kenny. Every once in a while, he gets a little too emotional and it. it comes off as aggressive but you know yeah it's it, easy to calm him down or just you know talk him out of it and be like kenny just chill out yeah yeah he, he does hold grudges that's all i always think i always tell Ke kenny like you know you gotta just chill and you know i always like me and me and jared levin are really good friends and we always laugh about this like kenny Kenny needs a no man in his in his posse <laughs> at all times we you, there just needs some like a, a, a angel on his shoulder just like no kenny don't you know, you, should I get naked on stage? No, not this time. Don't. Oh, yeah. Well, that's one thing I've told Kenny. And Kenny, I know you listen, but uh, you better listen right now. I've told Kenny <laughs> several times now, and he said he will do it to stop getting naked. I was like, you've already explored that part of yourself. You've been naked everywhere. Just stop getting naked now. Under no circumstances, unless you're taking a shower, do you need to be naked, Kenny. <laughs> yeah, it's like him and Bobby Lee. Like, I barely knew them, and I've seen both of their penises. Like, this shouldn't be a thing. <laughs> yeah, luckily, I've 
seen pictures of Kenny naked on stage, but they're always uh, cropped in the right way. Yeah. So I haven't seen Kenny's penis. I have no interest. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to oh, see. Yeah, I wasn't seeking it out. I wasn't like Googling it. And, I didn't you know. figure. Yeah, I figured you saw Did it you live Did you hear the Kenny Lion leaks came out? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it wasn't Could like you imagine the Kenny Lion leaks? There's no, there's nothing to leak. It'd be, everybody would just be like, yeah, yeah we know that. <laughs> We've seen it. It's the only Kenny Lion leaks are when he pisses in the alley of the garage mic you know oh even that <sighs> he was getting tickets for pissing in public for a minute there and i was like kenny stop doing that you don't he, he always gets into trouble somehow it's just a shame but yeah know. so uh besides kenny lion pissing and <laughs> the the kenny leaks uh i know that you uh have an interest in politics yeah yeah i've, I've always been into it you know my grandma really got me into it she she hated on George Bush like before anyone did. Like the the day before he got elected, she was so just violently hated him, and so I just I learned a lot from her. And yeah, I just I've always been into it. You know, I, you know we're Jews. We have to kind of we have to kind of be into. It. I have this joke where it's like Jews and black people are kind of like the canaries in the coal mine of oppression. Like as soon as one of us gets fucked over, the rest of us are about to get fucked over. So we always got to be on the lookout. That, yeah, okay, then that makes sense because I noticed, yeah, Jewish people are always on the threads like crazy and very active. And we just bitch. That's just what we do. And it's just like the whole religion is set up on you can argue. Like even rabbis, there's one book and we have 63 books analyzing that one book called the Talmud. And it's like, and it's just rabbis arguing with each other the whole time about what they think it meant. And it's just, that's what Jews do. We argue the shit out of everything. It makes it good, though. It makes it because like growing up, uh, I, I grew up in Casa Grande, Arizona, mm -hmm. and we did not have a lot of Jewish people there <laughs> at all. Yeah, I bet. Like, yeah, Casa Grande, Scottsdale, Arizona, which is close to Phoenix. Plenty of Jews there. Yeah, they're but, starting to move there now. Yeah, but uh, in. Casa Grande, not so much. Uh, and so, uh, but since moving to L.A., I've somehow got a lot of, ju maybe because I like to argue and they like to argue. Yeah, yeah. So, so it makes for, and nobody gets mad. It's just kind of like, all right, well, that was, you know. And we're all over here. Like, you, you, can, you can't swing a cat without hitting a Jew in L.A. It's like, it, it's it, the, we're everywhere. On Ventura Boulevard, Wilshire, Santa Monica, you know, all the nice areas. Yeah, Robertson. <laughs> yeah. Robertson has yeah. really taken over. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Fairfax. Yeah, yeah there's that one slot of Robertson that the fags have. And then, <laughs> then from there on out, it's just nothing but Jews. Yeah, yeah the, the, Jews, the Jews and the gays just met together, and, and they were like, you know, we'll have a deal. You, you can have this side, and we can have this side. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. The, the gays. Uh, once you hit Melrose, then that's where the Jews start again. But yeah. depending on which way you're going, yeah, if you're headed back towards the comedy store. Either way, though, that's like great for real estate. Like Jews, and, Jews and gays. You know your real estate values are just skyrocketing. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know your 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 area is gonna be tidy. Yeah, you know? it's gonna look it's, good. Like this, this is gonna be nice. You know, you, no one's ever been like, "Fuck, I have another gay Jew or Jew neighbor." You're just like, <laughs> yeah. Gay Jew is the epitome. Of <laughs> <laughs> the gay Jews run Hollywood. Yeah, the gay Jews. They they make sure everything stays on the yeah. up and up. So uh, who who are you going for? I've always been a Bernie guy. Like 
I actually liked Bernie back in high school before anyone knew about this fucker. Like he was my dude for like for so long and I I was shocked that he had the rise that he did. And it kind of became like when you like Radiohead before everyone likes Radiohead, then you're like fucking why does everyone like this guy? But you know, but I you know, I was still you know, I was still for him, but it did kind of annoy me to see this rise. And it's like you guys just know about Bernie. Yeah, everybody yeah. finally jumps on board. Well, he's kind of like that rapper who's been like you know, handing out his mixtape for 30 years, saying the same bullshit over and over. I don't think anybody has ever compared Bernie to a rapper. (laughs) Until (laughs) just now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was just like, you know, he's just, he's been saying the same shit for 30 years and it's like no one's been paying attention to him. Though, to be fair, Donald Trump's like the same way. You know, he's been talking the same shit for like 30 years and no one's paying attention to his ass either. Yeah, but you know, Bernie's always been in politics. Donald Trump has not, so that's yeah. that's kind of the the difference. You know, the Donald great thing Trump- is Donald Trump's just always been around, though, kind of like Coke and Jesus. Yeah, you know, he's just ubiquitous. Like you turn on like these movies or shows, and like I'm watching the Larry Sanders show, and there's like multiple references to him and Marla Maples, and he's just he's ubiquitous. Home Alone, yeah, he's everywhere. Yeah, he was everywhere. The Pizza Hut commercials with his ex-wife. The guy can brand. The guy can just brand. And that's the opposite of Bernie Sanders. Like, he, the Bernie Sanders, I love the guy, but he didn't even know to comb his hair. <laughs> well, Bernie, yeah, was a mess. A friend of mine, uh, who was it that had that joke about Bernie? It was so hilarious. Uh, oh, it was uh, Keith. Mm-hmm. What's Keith? Keith Moon? Keith? Um, Keith So. Keith Soul. Keith Soul. Yeah, yeah. Who's Keith Moon? Keith Moon's a drummer for The Who, my favorite band, actually. Okay. <laughs> died, All right. died in 1979. Rest in peace. Oh, well, he's been <laughs> dead for a long time, so he clearly didn't have <laughs> yeah, the joke. Fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> he clearly didn't have the joke. Uh, anyway, Keith Soul. Yeah. Sorry, Keith. <laughs> I actually know Keith Soul. <laughs> he's going to talk shit to me when he sees me. Uh, but yeah, he had that joke about how Bernie looks like he's probably always got something on his shirt in the cafeteria. <laughs> Bernie. Great. Can you clean it up? Can you please? <laughs> Look, I had a pastrami sandwich, and it was it was great. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah, he's got that. Yeah, I, my favorite joke was uh, I think it was Neil Brennan, and he was like, you know, black people can't vote for Bernie because he's just got that hairline. It's a tough hairline. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's so true. He just got killed by black people for Hillary. That always shocked me. That always that always bummed me out as a Jew that you know black you know black people you know did not vote for him. Yeah, well. Uh, when those Black Lives Matter girls jumped on stage, that's kind of what ended him for me. I mean, I know some people don't agree with me for that. Oh, but. I totally agree. I As soon as that happened, I was devastated. And as someone who's, you know, I totally sympathize and get Black Lives Matter. But I was like, what are you guys doing? It doesn't even make any sense. And it was very cowardice. Like, after all the candidates you could go for... You know, you start with Bernie. Like, that's easy. That's easy. Yeah, well, I was um, talking to a guy on Facebook yesterday. I was trying to engage him because I thought he was an idiot. And yeah. I just wanted to, like, take him <laughs> apart. Story of Ty's life. <laughs> tearing down people yeah, I that just deserve wanted- it. That honestly deserve it. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I just wanted to tear him apart because it was like... Uh, and I talked to um, Long Yu about this, too. Like, mm-hmm. just... You got to if you're going to be a movement, you've got to have some direction. 
Mm-hmm. So, like, going after both Bernie and Hillary when supposedly a Democrat is in your best interest makes no sense to me. Yeah. And the way that they went after Bernie and, and the even the, the fact that they went after Bernie to me was just, it was like, why would you do that? Like, he's yeah. probably the one that was listening the most when it exactly. came down to it. Exactly. And once, as a performer, once they took the mic from him, I was like, I can't support this guy. Yeah, that's that, that's so annoying when you take away someone's right to speak and respond and I I know I get what they're saying but and also I feel like didn't you talk about this with the Matthew episode or I might get his name wrong the guy wrote for um like the BET yeah me and uh, Matt Clay wrote yeah yeah see that was a great episode oh yeah. thank you so, yeah th- so that was um it did, so you know mirrors that episode too but yeah that's the I, episode that made me hate Zach Elk we'll <laughs> really? get into that later. <laughs> <laughs> Former sidekick, Zach L. Former sidekick, no R- longer. Rest in, <laughs> rest in peace, died in 2016. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love Zach Elk. But I mean, like, I was truly bummed at the end of that uh, at the end of that episode. We had to cut it off because, like, it, it didn't got... it didn't record, right? Yeah, well, it recorded, but it was really like um, broken up. Like nobody would be able to hear. Like, yeah, yeah, make sense of it. But, uh, yeah, that went on for actually quite a while, and Matt Claybrooks was great. I'm going to have oh, him Oh, he was again. fascinating. I loved hearing him, and he was just so, like, common sense and real about everything. And I just, you know, I could, I could hear him talk for a while. He was great. Yeah, it's nice. He also doesn't care. Like, he'll just say what he actually thinks. He doesn't try to clean it up first or, you yeah, know. Yeah, no bias or, like, you know, like, outside perspective. It's just, like, truly real. And by the way, you're great too. I had my roommate listen listen to you, and he's like, "I could fall asleep to this guy." <laughs> <laughs> Ties dulcet tones. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> yeah, I got hit up um, by these guys that wanted me to do like a, a voiceover thing for them. Oh, you'd be great, like for an animation thing. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, I would love Pixar to do needs like to that. hit you up. I want to have uh, Eddie Murphy's career. That's what <laughs> yeah. I want. I want to. Yeah like take over stand up for a minute and then just retire into doing like, you know, kids movies and voiceover. Cash those <laughs> checks. <laughs> yeah, that's all I want to do. Voiceover works great. You could just show up, be a slob, you can probably like smoke weed in between takes. Like you don't have to you don't have to like be like a you don't have to do anything. You just have to like present your voice and that's it. Yeah, I I think I I'd like to do it. Just right now, the people that have hit me up for voiceover stuff uh haven't been paying. They just yeah. want me to do it. Kind of an issue. Well, yeah, I mean, like, you know, sometime if anybody's ever really to work, willing to work with me as far as time goes, I'll do it. But mm-hmm. if you're like, we want you here at 10 a.m., that's not likely. Yeah. I don't wake up that early. You know, <laughs> yeah. and I'm not, I mean, like, if I were being paid, I'd wake up that early. Yeah, but exactly. Like, to go as a For favor. At, yeah, like, you know, 10 a.m. on a Sunday or there's yeah. like, no. Nah, I'm, I'm a comedian. Do you not know how we work? Yeah, all night I'm going to be at Garage Open Mic and yeah. all the others. Like, Saturday is a good, like, you know, four or five spot run if I want it to be. Sometimes we end at three, and then depending on your transportation system, like, I know some grinders who have to, like, take the bus and do other things. Like, I don't think people understand, like, it's not just us fucking around. There's so many things that go into doing comedy, and it can be exhausting. And, you know, waking up early can sometimes be uh, tough for us. Yeah, people don't get that, and that's one of my big things, like why I don't like to do a lot of stuff for free that isn't stand-up, because I already do stand-up for free in a lot of cases. So you do stand-up for free. In some cases, you have to pay to go up at mics. 
And so, uh, you know, I'm I'm not going to pick up some more free work. It yeah. doesn't make sense to me. Uh, did you watch the debate? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I watched it. the first one and the second one. Watched both of them. Thought they were both very fascinating. What do you think, first of all? I was disappointed. In the second debate? Yeah, because, I mean, like, it was good if you wanted to see an argument or see, you know, just them be childish with each other. But I was hoping that, like, you know, they'd get that out of the way in the beginning and then they'd really start discussing plans and policy. And I don't think either of them really did that. Like, it seemed like a lot of, like, telling me what's wrong with the other one. And I felt like, you know, do you want to win because you're the best or do you want to win because the other one's the worst? (laughs) But that's like politics. Like, if you... If you watched Hillary Clinton debate Obama mm-hmm. back back when Obama was like just starting and he was like a little junior politician, he thought debates were like we discuss the issues. He even says this in interviews. He's like, I thought debates were on the level. And then Hillary comes out and is like, you know, World War, you know, like wrestling, and she's coming out doing her thing and she's killing him. And then he's like, okay, I'm gonna do it the way you guys do it. And then he starts killing her and say, you know, getting getting lines in about like, hey, you're a you know, a uh, lawyer for Walmart, you know? And it's like, that's not getting on issues, but that's how you debate in America. Yeah, I get it. <clears throat> I just really wish that would change. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, you know? you're going to have to, like, change the education system for that. <laughs> you know, people are going to have to, like, actually, like, be a little more smart and substantive. But, like, that's, you know, the, the, the debates, it's about emotion. And I think that's that's part of the genius of Trump is he knows how to tap into people's emotion. Mm-hmm. Hillary Clinton is tapping into logic and I don't think she understands how illogical America is in a lot of ways. And like, you know, and uh, Trump's just good at tapping into emotion and yeah. getting people riled up. And, you know, and, and I just I, I, I think he's fascinating. And, and I, I obviously hate the guy in terms of what he represents. But I love how as a pol- as a politician, he's attacking and going after it. Like to me. Debates are traditionally like, you know, the Revolutionary War, the British are coming in and they they have these like rules to battle. And then the Americans are hiding behind trees and shooting and like doing all this nasty ass shit you're not supposed to do. And that's Trump. And Hillary's just doing this like she's out in red and just, you know, just like oh, this is a, these are the rules to, to fighting. And Trump's like, I want to cut your nuts off. I don't care. Fuck your rules. I, I don't care. I'll, I'll curb stomp you. I don't care. And, and it's fascinating when he brings out the four women that Bill Clinton slept with an hour before <clears throat> the debate. That is... That's MMA, and she's boxing. Yeah, well, that part I did like, because that was a real, you know, what about your man, bitch moment. (laughs) Like, that part I liked. (laughs) He's really, like, he's not about, like, he's not about, like, policies. I don't think, I don't think anyone's voting for Trump for his policies. I don't think people are like, oh, my God, he's going to help the economy, and I I love what he's going to do for the education system. People are voting for him because they're like, I want to send a middle finger to the establishment. I want like the, oh yeah, well there's there's definitely that for you me. Know, like I just th- where you know, you I know. want I want to. There's a lot of people who say I want a reset button. Yeah, you know that's a big thing. A lot. Some people when they talk about it, it sounds like they want the purge or like a zombie apocalypse when they vote for Trump. But a lot of people just they see the system where it's at and they just want a reset button. That's what Trump represents. And I just think you know Hillary Clinton is the extension of the establishment. And I just find it funny that Republicans, Democrats are reversing roles in this because Republicans used to always be, hey, we're going to extend the establishment 
no matter how much it hurts the people at the bottom. But now, you know, Democrats are saying, hey, we're going to extend this establishment no matter how much it hurts the people at the bottom. And it's just a nice role reversal. It's very interesting. Yeah, that's that's definitely happened, that flip. Also, uh, I was it was Aston that I ta- that I said this with. And at first he kind of tried to um, try to argue it a little bit. But then, like, it was it's just what it is like um, now. Democrats have started to use fear the same way the Republicans used oh, to. Oh, yeah. Like, that's become the thing, you know. Like, the big thing is uh, how Trump is basically Hitler. And we're all going to have to prepare for that if he wins. And it's just kind of like, hmm. To be fair, um, you could just... You might not be able to point that to the Democrats, but Hillary Clinton herself. She did a lot of dirty things to Obama. I don't think people remember in 2008 some of the dirty tricks her and her camp pulled on Obama. It wasn't Trump who started the birther movement. It was her camp. Mm-hmm. It was her camp saying, do you want to vote for someone who isn't American, doesn't have American values? She started the camp and Trump, ex- she started that, that movement and Trump extended it. But it, it was in 2007, way before Trump was doing all this bullshit. 2007, she, she, her and her camp started this stuff. She, her camp was the one who posted a picture of him in, you know, Kenyan garb, the traditional Muslim garb, as if it was a gaffe. They they just presented it and they were like, look at him, you know, and you know, look at him in that, and you know, that's that's the kind of stuff where, you know, that might be a Hillary Clinton only thing where they, because she attacks like a Republican attacks. See, but I think that's what bothers me about Hillary supporters is that you can tell them these things, you can show them that it's happened, and they don't want to hear it. They'll tell you that it's just you making stuff up and it's rhetoric. And it's like, no, these are facts. Just like you bring up the bankruptcies from Trump. That's a fact. I'm not going to argue that with you. I'm not going to act like, oh, no, that's just them saying this. It's like, no, these are all things, you know, like a lot of stuff. Like it's one of the most frustrating things when I'm talking to people online and and people are calling me stupid. It's like, no, I'm not stupid. And I I don't think you're stupid. I think you're blind. I think you're choosing to be blind, you know, and people will tell me that, uh, you know, if you're voting for Trump, you're willful, willfully ignorant. And it's like, no, I would say that's probably closer to what you are because you refuse to accept that certain things are fact. Yeah. For me, the, as a Bernie supporter, just on the outside looking in on this. And by the way, I, I will be writing in Bernie, if you're wondering. I'm not going to vote for either of them. I'm just going to write in Bernie. But I think the moral superiority of the Hillary Clinton people is so obnoxious. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to say that, oh, Hillary, you know, if you vote for Trump, you're a racist. When Hillary Clinton pulls a lot of racist stuff on Obama. You know, my grandma told me in 1974... Never, don't trust Hillary Clinton. I was like, why? She, in 1974, Bill Clinton like lost this race, and she turned to her manager and called him a Jew bastard. My grandma like never let that go, and you know, and and, and it came out again in, like 2000. But my grandma knew. My grandma knows about everything like before shit happens. Like I don't know the fuck it was going on, but like yeah. she, you know, it's like, but yeah, it's like she. I never a lot, knew the Jew bastard. Yeah, thing. it's like you know, and uh, he's, if he's a bastard, it's fine. But leave the Jew part out of it. Yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> You can call him a dirty Jew, but just, you know, it's like, leave, you know, it's like. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but, but yeah, you know, she has a lot of racist tendencies as well. Like, for instance, do you know what's going on in Haiti? Do you kind of know the Clinton connection to Haiti? 
I've heard certain things online, but I'm not. I can't say that I really know. You know, I've, so for I think the Haiti is a perfect example of how Hillary Clinton is just as racist as Donald Trump, if not more so. First of all, Hillary Clinton multiple times voted against raising the minimum wage in Haiti when it's one of the most poor and destitute countries in the world. Uh, and, you know, and Bernie Sanders and other uh, Elizabeth Warren, her other progressive, you know, colleagues were totally against her in this. And when when you look at the Haiti earthquake, it happened, uh, you know, 2011, I believe, um, $13 billion goes into that earthquake relief fund. And who is heading that fund? Bill Clinton. Magically, 99% of the $13 billion donated does not go to the relief fund. Chelsea Clinton, their daughter, goes to Haiti to check out the relief efforts. And she is quoted as saying, it's appalling and the what we're doing is terrible. I don't know how this is. E- these are even being set up. There was a cholera outbreak. This is fucking from Oregon Trail. I've never heard cholera. This shit doesn't even happen anymore. You know, uh, there was a cholera outbreak because it was so unhygienic, and they didn't even put enough money into the relief effort. And it, you know, that kind of stuff is dangerous. Yeah. And. You're wondering, oh, well, what's the Clinton connection? Hillary Clinton's brother got one of the two gold mining contracts rewarded in Haiti's history. You think there wasn't a pay-for-play in that? Where, you know, as the you know, Bill Clinton's like, okay, I'll do the relief fund if you give my my uh, my brother-in-law, the, you know, this thing. Like, you're out of your mind if you don't think that. And the 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 lack of respect we've given to the people of Haiti and just keeping them poor and destitute. And the fact that we got like Bono and all these assholes to sing, and like the, none of the money went to them, and Bill and thirteen billion dollars. Where do you think it went? Where do you think it went to? Where do you think it went to? As Hillary Clinton, after the two thousand eight election, is eight million dollars in debt after she loses to Obama. Why do you think she's doing these speeches for two hundred fifty thousand a pop? You know, I mean. There is a money trail that's so obvious, and you're blind if you're not looking at it. Nobody wants to hear it. It's, it's That's the biggest thing. Uh, like, it's the most frustrating thing is nobody wants to hear it. I mean, like, I get it. If you're, like, for Hillary supporters, I get it if they're willing to say, I don't give a fuck about that. Because that's what I do with everything people tell me about Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was like, yeah, I don't give a fuck about that. I don't give a fuck about that. That doesn't affect my life. I'm not, you know, in that demographic, so I don't care. So I get if people say that. You know, like, if somebody were a Hillary supporter and they were like, I'm not in fucking Haiti, so I don't care, mm-hmm. then I would at least respect that. But it's that's not what they say. Instead, they make it seem like that's just you making stuff up. That's conspiracy theory that hasn't been proven. There's, you know, like this is like yesterday I was had this guy trying to engage me and I just wouldn't because he was one of those people that was just like, you know, you can't use any kind of logic on him. It's yeah, just it's all a, just a block. Yeah, yeah, it's just and it was just like, I'm not going to argue with him. So I just started telling him that, you know, I thought he was lonely because he just kept like hitting me up about this shit. And it was just like, <laughs> I think you're lonely. And then he was telling me how dumb I was. And then he was he told me, 
because uh, you know my Facebook profile says that I only made it to ninth grade. And then he was like, "Why don't you try getting your GED and maybe people would respect you?" And then I was like, "Oh, I got my GED when I was 16." So I was like, <laughs> and then he talked more shit, and I was like, "Hey, you said people would respect me if I had a GED." <laughs> <laughs> I'm just listening to your words. Yeah, and so then, you know, I was just like, I was like, I don't know why you'd still be bothering me unless you're lonely. I just kept throwing <laughs> out how it, lonely he must have been. It's sad. A lot of the people on the internet, you can just boil them down to like, like just you can see like the depressed, like not getting laid, for like selves they are, and you're just like, just go smoke a bowl, get like beat off, and just like shut the fuck up. Well, that's what a lot of these people need to do is like you know either get laid or go jerk off or do whatever yeah. you have to do to get rid of this energy instead of just yeah. like getting in arguments where it's like I don't mind talking to someone if I feel like I can make either a good a good enough example of them that other people at least see what I'm saying. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like then I'll do it, or if um. I can just completely expose them for not having a point at all. Like, yeah, well, that's great. Exposing his p- hypocrisy is lovely. I think it's one of the, it's one of the great arts uh, that's uh, that's lost sometimes, and I, I think you do it very well, actually. Thank you. Yeah, I and that was the like, and then there's certain things that I'll post in a certain way just so it'll make people mad, and then they'll check out whatever clip it is I'm telling them to check out. You know, yeah, instigation for a good old instigation stage. Yeah, yeah, and then they get mad at me like, but it's like, but you watched or you listened yeah, to yeah. what I, you know, so at least the information went in, even if you didn't like it. You know, like you yeah. you checked it out just because I posted in a way where you you'll actually listen to it like that was the the way i felt with that um the hillary clinton recording when she was um talking about the rape case uh when was it when she was defending a child rapist yeah and she was laughing about the polygraph results yeah and like people were like she was laughing because she thought it was ridiculous you know and like let's break this down because i think this is fascinating she was laughing because she thought that the polygraph results were so ridiculous that she lost her faith in polygraphs forever. Well, then why are you defending a child rapist that you don't even like? That's the way I felt. Like, you're still laughing at the fact that you were able to take advantage of this broken system. You know, like, that's where I felt like, you know, it still boils down to her laughing at this situation. Like, if she had been on the other side, I could see her, like, you know, being like, I was... You know, it's just a laugh from I couldn't believe how stupid this is. But when you're the person that actually got him pled out with time served on, uh, you know, like uh, off of this fucked up polygraph situation, it's like, all right, well, that's kind of you. You know, that's that's what you're talking about. You love to expose hypocrisy. And I think one I think like the false outrage movement in this like in this culture is ridiculous. Like the most talked about thing in this election is the Trump grab my pussy tape? Yep. By by a factor of three, I believe it's the most talked about thing. And to me, Hillary Clinton supporters like are so hypocritical in this sense. When we just talked about her, you know, defending a child rapist and laughing about it, the thing she said about the accusers of her husband is absolutely part of the rape culture and the not safe spaces that all you feminists love to, to rant about. She, this is part of the rape culture that that you know the victim blaming. She did a lot of victim blaming, and I feel and the, she called them bimbos. Well, she called them crazy. 
I th- sorry, I just think that's that's terrible. Yeah, no, just the other day, um, I reposted it on Twitter, and um, Joy Behar and the other girls from The View. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is fabulous. Yeah, Joy Behar and the other girls for the from The View were talking about you know Trump bringing out the women, and uh, Joy Behar was like. Um, yeah, well, what was Hillary suppo- Hillary Clinton supposed to say? Like, is she supposed to talk about these tramps that uh, that had affairs with their husband? And it's like, that's not what these women are claiming. It's not like these women had an, an affair and were jilted, and that's what they're saying, you know? Like, these are actual rape allegations and sexual harassment allegations. Yeah. So it's not as simple as just like, you know, oh, they had an affair with your husband. And like, if it's okay, not okay to victim blame when it when it works to your advantage, then it's not okay to victim blame, blame when it doesn't, you know? I mean, either way, and I, I've always said that I think we should be able to ask anybody questions. You know, like uh, sometimes you're not even victim blaming. You're just trying to figure out if there is an actual victim. Did anything really happen here or is this just you being angry? Is this just and then people say like, you know, well, who would accuse somebody of rape if it was untrue? Well, it's happened a million fucking times. You know, there is legitimate rape. I mean, like I definitely do acknowledge that. But there also are some people that use that as basically a weapon or, you know, like, okay, I, I didn't get this. So now this turns into that. Yeah, and it, it's it, there. There's like famous cases of people losing their lives over over false rape accusations, and it's acted like it's not even. There's not even a side to it. Yeah, so we're not allowed to mention that, and that's the other thing. Like I'm. Um People will tell you that Bill isn't running for president, and it's like no, but this your candidate is pretending to be pro woman, but she stands by a man that has multiple allegations of either rape or some sort of sexual harassment. So yeah. if you're supposed to be pro-woman, if you're not pro-woman, if you're not running on that at all, then cool, let's not bring it up. But you're making it sound like you're pro-woman and you're all about women. Well, being all about women can't just to be be about upholding Roe v. Wade. Yeah. I mean, like, it's more than that, you know, if that's what you're supposed to be. Like, I'll never tell people that I'm a gay rights activist. Because a lot of things I do don't fall in line with gay activism. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, I've heard you say you don't even, you don't even necessarily want gay marriage because you you, it's like you just want to be able to fuck around and just. <laughs> yeah, I want my relation to be, re, relationship to be over when it's over. Yeah, no it's, paperwork, no, just, you know. And the other thing is I've noticed because, you know, gay people have been in their own versions of marriage forever. And I've noticed that a lot of gay people are, even if there's a a point where they hate each other in the beginning, they figure out how to leave it in a fair way in a lot of cases. That's what I've noticed. Like, you don't necessarily need someone to come in and be like, okay, you get half and you get half. Like, you know, when I um, broke up with my ex, I broke up with my ex... uh, I used to call him my wife <laughs> and, and <laughs> he would Did even, he like that. Oh yeah. He would oh, even tell you he was my like wife. That. You know what okay. I mean? Like it, it just was what it was, you know, yeah, he, cool. he was my wife. His name was Juan. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, the first one. Yeah. The first <laughs> one. Well, no, he actually was the second one. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I know. Love. <laughs> yeah. The first, <laughs> first wife, <laughs> but second one. <laughs> But uh, and they were back to back, if I remember correctly. It was like out of relationship. That is how you'd like to remember them, wouldn't you? 
back to back. Yeah, oh, yes. I had that happen once too, but <laughs> never mind that. <laughs> but so, so like an Abu Ghraib porno. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that does sound kind of. Yeah, that wouldn't make sense. <laughs> but when we broke up, because. Uh, I broke up with him, not because he wasn't a good guy, but just because I was going to come to L.A. to pursue comedy. And I knew that, you know, long distance relationship isn't going to work out. I know the way I am and I know L.A. and I knew like I had already been to West Hollywood and I was like, I know I'm going to come and fuck a bunch of people and enjoy, you know, being in L.A. And so I'm not going to lie to somebody and have them waiting for me at home because he was like a good guy like that. Like, I don't, I don't think he ever cheated on me. You know, I I think he really was just faithful and good and everything he was supposed to be. And so I wouldn't ask someone like that to wait for me when I know all the shit I'm going to be doing while I'm over here. (laughs) So I ended the relationship and we had an apartment together and I gave him pretty much everything. I mean, I, you know, took my clothes But as far as like all the furniture that we had and stuff like that, and it wasn't like we acquired that during our relationship. Like Mm. I came into our relationship with all that shit. Yeah. And I was just like, you know, you can you can like pack up like the Joes and take all that shit to, you know, Hollywood. You just had to bounce (laughs) pack light, you know? Yeah. And I didn't want to like, you know, pay for a storage storage rental in Arizona and just have this stuff. So I was just like, you know, just. You take everything and yeah. I didn't realize this. Com- I I grew up in Utah and like I was born in Santa Monica, but I grew up in Utah. And you you don't realize this like there's so much space and land land in these non California New York states. But when you get to when you get to Southern California New York, there's no space and there, and storage is like a thing. It's a big important thing. You know, there's just not we don't have enough room here. Yeah, I didn't realize that parking was considered an amenity here. Oh, my God. Yeah, like when I thing. first uh, came here and it, like I was looking at apartments. First off, I thought that it was going to be easier for me to find an apartment because yeah. in Arizona in Phoenix, I had we had a two bedroom townhouse that was, um, you know, upstairs, downstairs had a washer and dryer. We had two parking spaces. Plus, there was as much parking as you ever wanted on the street. So, exactly. you know, you really weren't worried about the parking spaces. But it was nice to have parking spaces. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, but we were paying like, I think it was six something for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, imagine paying six something out here. That'd be amazing. Well, that's what I thought I was going to get for a studio when I got here. You know, I was yeah. like, yeah, it'll be smaller, but I'll still be able to find something. And like, even then, when I got here, it was 13 years ago that I came uh, it was, uh, I remember a studio being $800 mm-hmm. and, um, I guess if I had known better, cause I didn't know about Koreatown, I guess at that time, Koreatown had a lot of, um, like 600, like around there. Yeah. It's but, still cheap. But even that still wasn't, you know, uh, still wasn't really that doable for me by myself, you know, just having come to LA and so I ended up living in my truck for four months. I had a Jeep Grand Cherokee and I lived in that and I rented a storage like for my clothes so that I didn't have to have everything. And uh, then I would go to the gym and shower there. Well, you having storage, that's like that's like living like a king compared to most people here. <laughs> like most people here are like just just like I've met. I've heard people like in various places just be like, yo, if I can just 
save up. I'll get that car and then I'll sleep there. And, you know, they're like they're aspiring to get to the sleeping in the car part. Yeah, you know. And was... So for you to have storage, <laughs> people must have looked at you like a Rockefeller. You know. Yeah, I guess I was doing well for a, a homeless person in L.A. Yeah. or a homeless like you know, very impressive comic in L.A. Because I've seen that even recently. A friend of mine uh, had all of his stuff in his car, and it mm. was just all in the back seat and cramped up like he was moving from one spot to another but really he just lived that way i've done that before you know we've all i think uh, pretty much i think there's a a significant portion of people in la have had or currently live in their car it's just it's just a common thing you know it's, it takes so long to find apartments and you know it's just it's a pain in the ass to make money sometimes and you get screwed over all the time like i used to bartend and uh, I can't tell you how many times, like, I got shorted out of, like, what I was supposed to get paid. And that's just an L.A. thing. Yeah. And it's not even, like, a, a put-down or something somebody lo- or people that I know look down on in any way. If somebody lives in their car, nobody's like, you know, oh, he lives in his car. It's not like – it's just like, you know, he lives in his car. <laughs> it's, just, <laughs> it's just very a matter of fact. And, like, yeah, sometimes people Some do people like, he lives in his car. That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> People were jealous of me when I I'm lived in my car. I'm thinking of blowing the guy so I can live in his car. <laughs> you know? It's like people are, that's how people talk in LA. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because it's just common here. And you live with Kayla. I live with Kayla and my one roommate in Encino. We have a one bedroom. So it's, uh, it's pretty much similar setup to, uh, to what we got going here. Do you guys just. Um to like put a divider in the in the living room so because you have a one bedroom with the roommate it's a really spacious one bedroom and the the living room is like big enough where he can just kind of chill and then and there's the the way the doors are set up there's like two doors and so it's kind of divided anyways so it's actually we kind of got our privacy pretty nice and He's kind of a bum. Our roommate, he just sleeps on the couch. He doesn't mind. You know, Mario, you've seen him at the, you've seen him at Garage Mike. You know, Mario. He, he does like Hillary Clinton, Donald Trump bits. Like he talks about Hillary Clinton being a snake and Donald Trump. Uh, he was talking about Hillary Clinton's like dying and she's like, she's got 63 days left. Like, <laughs> I can't. I know I laughed at that. I know that. I know what you're talking about, but I can't picture him in my head right now. He's just some generic Mexican. I can't tell you how many times. Like, you know how racist that sounds. <laughs> I know, I know that's not how you meant but it, it, I, but but it but does sound like he's just uh, some oh, yeah. generic Mexican. <laughs> well, it's like I can't tell you how many times. It happened today, actually. Some guy came up. He's like. Dude, I know you, and he's like, you don't know me. Dude, I know you. your name's uh, your name's Juan. He's like, no, my name's Mario. It like happens like all the time. It's like it's like The Sims when it's like you click, I, I, it's a one face type. You're like, okay, generic Mexican, boom, Mario. That's him. Yeah, and how long have you and Caleb been together? Um, Thanksgiving. We were just around Thanksgiving of last year. We started dating. Okay, so going on a year now. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. It's been awesome. Yeah, and did you guys move in right away? Uh, pretty much. We've been living together, like, like for a little while. I was doing pretty shitty, and I was living with my parents, and she was living with me. And then I got an apartment. We've been living together at the apartment for like uh, about six months now. Where so. do your parents live? Uh, Chatsworth. They uh, we lived in Utah, and then as soon as I graduated, uh, University of Utah, I moved the hell out, and then they followed me like a year and a half later. 
And so they're gonna they're flying in from where right now? You didn't you say they're? Uh, they're my dad does business trips all the time. He's just you know he 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 always goes places. Oh, you okay, know, it's just so it's typical. And he likes me to pick him up. You know, so yeah, no, that's great. Yeah, yeah if I had a kid, I'd be like, You're yeah, it's bad. It's way cheaper than oh, Uber. Just just tell me to do it. Yeah, you know? you're picking me up for sure when I have a kid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's why it's gonna be? Why did <laughs> why why did I why did I just inside your mom if you weren't gonna pick me up, you little fuck? <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I wish my parents would. Uh, that's like one of my goals is like once I make it, I got to find a place for me and my parents. But I don't want them to live here. I want them to live with me. <laughs> you know, what I mean, like yeah. it's not good enough just to have them here. I, yeah. I there comes a certain them. age where you want to keep an eye on them. And yeah. you're just like and honestly, you just you want to have them around just to like, you know, just just so they're always there just because it's like. It's funny. The kid becomes the parent at some point, yeah. and they want to take care of the parent, and, and it, it happens very often. And it's, you know, with my, my mom especially, I'm always taking care of her. Like she she smokes weed, and she'll always like get really high, and she'll watch like dance moms, <laughs> and she'll leave it like full. She would leave it full blast, right? And she'd pass out, and like there'd be chocolate ice cream on her stomach and i'd have to like take the chocolate ice cream bowl put it away clean it up i have to put a blanket on her you know turn off the tv you are know? your parents hippie types or what um my mom my mom's a kind of a hippie like my grandma was like radical my grandma took my like took my mom's little brother to the million man march so like they were like hella radical jews yeah. and so they uh, Have you met Dinah Leffert? Sorry yes, yes. Yeah, is she sim like her mom? Sounds like a similar type. Yeah, she knew uh, Tupac's mom too. Yeah, which is like very cool. Uh, kind of Tupac's mom and uh, my grandma are very like just radical. Will not, will not like you know, kind of like Ty, unbothered. Like if you if you like think oh your opinion of them is going to affect what they're going to say you're out of your goddamn mind yeah <laughs> you know? no it's great i see i like that those personalities even when they don't have the same opinions as me oh actually yeah, i, I like it. that better i don't look for like yes men or people that like if if you agree with me great and i love that too you know i yeah. mean like that's great to have that kind of conversation as well but it's also good when it's like you know you can go back and forth a little bit and learn something from somebody oh, and yeah. just be like okay well that was you know that was good at the end of the day i'm still me you're still you we're both still unbothered <laughs> that's why this podcast is amazing i'll be honest so when i first started comedy um i asked uh do Cure Polani. Cure Polani. Can't say. Yeah, I'm, I'm part Indian. Can't say his fucking name. You know, but you know, it, I always accidentally call him Drew, and I'm friends with him. <laughs> you know, like we're actual friends. And uh, the other day, I was like, "Bye, Drew," and I was just like, "Ugh." Yeah, he's brilliant. He he used to run Paladinos. Um, and I asked him like, you know, hey, I'm I'm just starting. It's my first week. It was a uh, September 20th of last year, actually. Uh -huh. And I was like, so who who's like the young? Who's like someone of my peers? Who I should look up to, and he didn't break a beat. He's like Ty Rivera, and I'm and, and so and I was kind of ashamed. I didn't even know of you, and so I like made sure to look you up. And when I looked you up, I thought you were quite radical. I was like, this guy gets into arguments all the time. But when you listen to the podcast and listen to you explain out your ideas, the more you talk, the more you're with Ty. And even if you don't, you're not agreeing with Ty. The more you're like, oh, I get it, and he has a good point. And I hear his perspective, and his perspective's valid. Like, sometimes, some people, the more they talk, 
They're like, you should just shut the fuck up. Yeah, they fall <laughs> apart. It does. Yeah, yeah it it, like, like the logic breaks down very quickly. <laughs> but with you, it's like, oh, fuck. I didn't realize that could have been a point to make. Fuck. You know, you just rethink shit. Like, you made me rethink a lot of shit. And it annoys the shit out of me. But, <laughs> you know, but, you know, it's great. You know, it's, it's, it's that's, you know, respect built. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. And I appreciate do saying that. Now I'm going to make it a point to always pronounce his name right. <laughs> I always want to say I true. try to make it a point. I still can't do it. I got know? the Kerpalani. I'm Ker- easy on Ker- the Kerpalani. Okay, Kerpalani. Yeah, but, okay. but do, the do part is <laughs> what gets. The two letter name is just daunting. You would, yeah, <laughs> that, it, it makes no sense. It makes no sense that I would have a problem getting the do part down but you know you just meet so many drews in your life i've yeah. met a lot of drews in my life yeah yeah do is a unique name i'm my grandma is from india uh-huh. and so like i know india stuff pretty well i make curries and shit but i've never i've never heard of do that's a that's a new one for me yeah no i never heard of do either but do Kerpalani, he got a lot of shout outs on this one yeah you should yeah you should if you're gonna if you're gonna hear of a do <laughs> Do Kerpalani is the one to hear about. <laughs> yeah, he's going to be part of the, the promo for this episode. Better than Morning <laughs> Dew, Honey Dew. He's the best Dew I know. Oh, my God. This has turned into us talking about Do Kerpalani over and over. <laughs> so you and Kayla have been together for going on a year now. I actually Ka- was going to ask you, have you ever dated a comic? No, I've I've had sex with one okay but he doesn't do comedy anymore that's what having sex with me will do yeah i was gonna say related (laughs) unrelated (laughs) no uh he just doesn't do comedy anymore. well we didn't have sex we fucked around oh okay yeah and he was uh like a comic for a while he was uh, no real credits or anything just you know open mic oh okay and like you know we hooked up and then it turned into this weird situation. Okay. But Sa- no. Yeah, it sounded like you fucked the funny right out of him, but okay, he, he wasn't <laughs> anything. Okay. He didn't really have funny. I, I was being forgiving by fucking him yeah. as unfunny as he was, yeah. you know, like, which I is hard when you don't, like, you know, you can't be in a relationship with another comic unless you respect their comedy. That's the way yeah. I feel about it. And that's like, uh, you know, I, that's the first thing that made me attracted to Kayla is I saw her comedy and I was like, oh, that's really fucking good. Yeah. And, and you know, I... I I see women comedians. I know this sounds really terrible, but if I don't like your comedy, the attraction is like cut in half. Yeah. If I like your comedy, the attraction almost doubles. Yeah. You know, and and just the attraction to the personality, not like, oh, my God, they're so hot. But just like, you know, a funny woman is like just the ultimate. I feel that way with friends. Yeah. You know, even on a friend level. Like yeah, exactly. If, if I like your comedy, then I'm going to like you more. And yeah. even respect your opinion more in a lot of cases. If I don't like your comedy, then I'm just sort of like, yeah, I don't really care what you have to say. Or <laughs> I don't really want to hear a lot from you. Uh, you know, yeah. like step up the funny and then, <laughs> then let's talk some issues or whatever. <laughs> whatever you got on your mind. Become a comedian. Then we can talk about being a comedian <laughs> together. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That makes perfect sense. Yeah, I want to have Kayla on. I mean, like, she's been here, um, and I wish I had another, like, well, I do have another mic. I just don't have a splitter, but that's all behind-the-scenes shit. But uh, I was glad we got to talk, and I want to have Kayla on separately if she's open to it because I know that um, she has, like, feminist perspective on some things or just would you identify as feminist? Yeah. And Mm -hmm. does that ever, like, get in the way of 
Um, no, it's it's interesting dating a comedian. I'm not sure, you probably wouldn't have ever dealt with this. Like, we have a great la- relationship, but once in a while, like, you know, I'll, we'll be going back and forth, giving each other shit comedically, and then once in a while, almost always me. I'll be honest, like someone will cross a line and then almost always her will have to check almost always me and then say, hey, we're still boyfriend and girlfriend. You know, don't talk to me like I'm Victor Martinez. <laughs> you know? And so that happens a lot, you know, because like I'm getting prepped for like I was getting prepped for my roast battle with Brandon. And I'm just trying to come up with vicious jokes, vicious jokes. You know, and once in a while, you know, we just like, I, you know, I just cross a line with her. And, you know, that could be the hard part of dating a comedian. Yeah, so you're doing actual roast battle. I know you're doing the um, Temecula. Yeah, I did. I had a roast battle a couple weeks ago at Comedy Store, and then just because I I just want to keep doing it, and it's fun as hell. Who are you battling at roast battle? I battled Brandon Bricks. Oh, yeah, yeah, that one I wanted to be there for. I don't remember what ended up happening, but I wanted to be there for that. I ended up seeing um, part of it on Periscope, but the Periscope was being weird, and then I ended up seeing uh, you posted a couple clips. Yeah, I've, and I, yeah, it's on my Instagram, and I, it's on uh, YouTube. If you just type in Eric Abenante versus Brandon Bricks, you'll find it. And, uh, yeah, it was, a, it was an awesome battle, and it was so much fun, and... You know, the first battle, I didn't even know this when I challenged him. He had, like, one of the ultimate, like, got-destroyed battles ever. Like, no, like, people talk about, like, he might have lost the hardest out of any battle because Wub Savelle, like, got in so many good jokes on him. And I didn't know that. So he really wanted to redeem himself yeah. for this. Like, because he wanted to show people, cause, you know, the comedy stories, people talk so much shit. Oh yeah. You know, as soon as you see they see any vulnerability, these assholes. As soon as you like it's like <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, one one bad moment and there's like fuck that guy, you know, and it's like he's one of my best friends in comedy. I wanted him to like show them and he had an amazing performance. Yeah, that's what I heard. I heard that you guys did have a really fun it battle. It was great. He rapped. Like he rapped and roasted me on the beat rhythm-wise. Like he he was like he astonished me in the middle of the battle, and I was like, oh, wait, i got to fucking battle him. Did yeah. he win? Uh, I won, actually. It was, you know, uh, yeah, it was like you know, I had a rebuttal that really helped, and my last joke helped, you know. But, yeah, it it, it was intense. Like, he, he he's doing the rap, and the whole wave comes on stage, and um, Jamar Neighbors has, like, chicken wings he's eating, and Brandon's rapping, and nothing stops him except – Jamar Neighbors drops a chicken wing and like everything stops. The music stops. <laughs> like Brandon just like is staring at it. Jamar picks up the the chicken, the piece of chicken, and then Brandon goes back into it. And you know, not not saying anything racist, but that's just the power of chicken. People, hot wings are amazing. Yeah, hot wings are amazing. That's just all you have to say. Um, um <laughs> I love chicken. It's actually there's a whole bit on it on my album. Yeah, that's the one racist thing I don't get. Like fried chicken. Like I like fried chicken. Yeah, who doesn't? Like, yeah, like well. Vegans, we should, we should be racist against people who don't like fried chicken. I'm not vegans, I guess. But outside of that, yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't yeah. know who's. I love fried chicken, but yeah, it was a good battle, and uh, it, it was just it was a lot of fun, actually. So Brandon's rapping, and I kind of had an inkling he'd rap because I just know the guy. He's always rapping a garage mic and stuff. So I came up with a line for it. So when he's rapping, um, and uh, the whole crowd went ape shit when he. Uh, pardon the pun when he uh, <laughs> when he when he uh, when he's doing it the crowd loves it. the wave could not be adoring this guy more and uh, Haiti uh, 
uh, I could hear him say, don't lose. And he says the N-word to me. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, Earl goes, good luck following that. And then I go, uh, hey, uh, Brandon, he sure is out of shape, but he sure is good at those monkey bars. <laughs> and that was, like, the thing that, like, turned it back for me. Because uh, for those of you who don't know Roast Battle, like, the crowd in there, it's like Roman Gladiator. Uh-huh. And before you get up there... The crowd's perception of you is so important. They look at both battlers, and they instantaneously decide most battles. Thumbs up on one guy, thumbs down on another guy. And if you're a thumbs down guy, which I was, you have to win them over slowly, you know, or else it's not going to happen. And, you know, the crowd's like... You know, I do my first joke, and I can hear Jamar neighbors go, racist faggot. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you have to win them over. Like, they did not like me. But eventually, you know, good joke after good joke after good joke. The crowd will respect that. But, yeah, it's the the crowd winning them over is intense. Yeah, no, I can't wait to check it out. I didn't know it was on YouTube, so. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a good video, too. I, you know, I I made sure to make it not sound like it was filmed underwater. Yeah. You know, so that yeah, it's it'll be it's it's fun. No, know. I want to check that out. For and then sure. I'll have my uh, I'll have my Nick Petrillo one in, uh, in Temecula coming up. Uh, I'll have that one on YouTube too. And then right now you're not scheduled for another one. No, in... I really, I honestly can't find anybody. No one wants to roast me because like I haven't got enough wins yet. And that's that's like part of the politics of this is like yeah, it's kind of like boxing where hey, why would I want to box someone under me when I'm trying to go for the belt? You know, I get it. So, you know, that's, you know, I just got to find somebody. Yeah, no, um, I get it. You know, who might be good for you is Mark Stevens, who I just came off the road with. That would be fun if he, if he'd be down, I'm a little lower than him, but it'd be fun. Yeah, it might. I mean, like, you know, especially since like the, the Brandon one went really well for you. Like it might be. Anyway, it was fun. Yeah, no, that's great. Are you going to roast battle tonight? Um, no, I have to pick up my dad and take him back, and then we'll oh, be chilling Chatsworth, in Chatsworth. And you're going to, yeah, okay. Well, yeah, Chateau Abenante. Chateau Abenante. Yeah, that's why I always call my parents' house. Yeah, no, we, we're here at Casa de Bijou, so yeah, yeah, I, I know. I, I always liked that. I always thought that was cool. <laughs> Little did I know the Bijou was like a dog. That was the best part. I didn't even know that. Yeah, there's Bijou right now. She's tired of waiting over there. She's- yeah, for those of you who, uh, I know this is an audio podcast, but for those of you on Thai TV right now, <laughs> <laughs> you can see Bijou. And you can you can subscribe to Thai TV by blowing Thai. That's how you do it. <laughs> exactly. Unrelated, yeah. unrelated, I have been subscribed to Thai TV for eight weeks now. <laughs> <laughs> so great. Yeah, there's little Bijou. She's ready to ready for me to um, pull her out of there. So where can people find you? I didn't know. Like I, I, I honestly didn't know you had been doing comedy only for a year now. I uh, yeah, I've I've literally been doing it for one year, and it um you know it's it's been really fun. I really jumped into it, and yeah, it's it's the best. You can find my name's Eric Abenante, A B B E N A N T E. No one else is my fucking name. It's, like, so easy to find my name. You know, it's impossible. But also, uh, I have a thing called The Bud Show. It's, like, a YouTube page. I'm working on a show called Buds, you know, and so I, I put all my YouTube shit up there. The Bud know. Show? That's yeah. the name of your channel? Yeah and, I'm wor- yeah, and I'm working on a show called Buds, and so it's just, like, that's where I put up all my shit until Buds goes up. Okay, yeah, I'll put all that in the description. Oh, in cool. The, Thank in you. In yeah. the um, SoundCloud. But yeah, no, I appreciate it. it was a good conversation. No, this is so much fun. Like the time really flew by. Like in this, 
This is a really, you know, Ty's got a great apartment, very nice, very chill atmosphere. Yeah, you know. I try to keep it chill. <laughs> like I, yeah. I, yeah, I like it chill and not a lot of clutter. When but. you listen to a podcast, you always kind of like imagine like where it is, and like it's a lot more inviting than I thought it'd be. Though he's, you've got like, you got like really interesting like paintings on the on the walls, you know. They're yeah, like, dot com. If anybody wants to get some paintings like mine, I know you can't see them, but trust me, just check out brainstemming.com. My friend Andy Schreyer. Uh, is an artist out of the Bay Area, and he just, I love his stuff, and so I have it. I need to get more stuff, Andy. I describe it as, like, creepy but inviting and warm somehow. Like, sort it of looks, like me? It, yes. Yeah, <laughs> like, it, <looks like, laughs> it looks like it should be bad, but you're like, the more I look at it, the more I like this fucking thing. Yeah, still sort of like me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, I appreciate you coming out. This is the best. Honestly, I really appreciate you. Yeah, guys. no. I've been a big fan of the podcast for a while, so this is awesome. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for uh, making it out. Everybody, uh, this is Unbothered by Ty Rivera. You can find me at americasfavoritefag.com. <laughs> best website in the world, <laughs> Every by week, the way. I announce it's americasfavoritefag.com, so... <laughs> The first time you mentioned that the podcast, I was dying. I had to like always pull over. Everybody thinks I'm joking when I say it, and I guess I kind of am because it's silly. But like, it really is how you find me. You go to America's Favorite Fag dot com. It'll take you right to my website. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. <sighs> thank you, everybody. Uh, thank you for listening. I'm Ty Rivera. I remain unbothered.